Welcome to the Run Better Podcast from Snackable Inspirations, where we talk to business leaders about employee engagement, experience, and motivation. For show notes and bonus content, visit snackableinspirations.com forward slash podcast. And remember, corporate learning and communications should not feel like work. If you want to truly engage your employees and create a measurable impact, share bite-sized videos made by people they want to hear from. If you'd like to learn how to do this for your business, get in touch with us at Snackable Inspirations. All right, let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Barrett. I'm a business development specialist for Board Studios. One of our initiatives is to help company leaders and managers connect with their employees through bite-sized videos. Today, we are joined by Chief Innovation Officer of Workology, Jessica Miller-Merrill. She's been employee engagement for more than 20 years now. Jessica, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this topic. So am I, and a lot of people are excited to hear about it as well. It has become, you know, company culture, certainly employee engagement, they've become buzzwords words that perhaps we weren't even as familiar with just a few short years ago, but especially given what we have experienced, endured, whatever the word is that you want to use over the last 18 to 24 months with the pandemic, engagement and culture have become more important than ever. So we're going to jump into all of that in in just a second. But if you don't mind, could you share a little bit uh, about yourself with our audience, what you do, who you do it for, that sort of stuff? Absolutely. Well, I, I have been in the HR space, as, as you mentioned, over 20 years. And in 2005, I started a blog that became a business. And so my focus is providing resources, information, and support for human resources leaders and workplace leaders. So employee engagement is an important part of that. I want to give HR and workplace leaders access to this information so they can be empowered to make change and have those executive conversations with their leaders to help move the needle forward, support the business and support the employees. Both of those things certainly go together. Let me ask you a little bit about that blog that you started. Did you say it was back in, in 2005? In 2005, I started a free blog on Blogger and it went viral during the recession. And I thought there might be something to this blogging thing. So I left my corporate folds, actually got fired from my job because of my blog. It was a tame job search blog. It it wasn't anything scandalous, but people just didn't understand the power of the internet and the social media back in the day. So was it it part of that experience that sort of inspired you to to get involved in employee engagement, or does that inspiration predate that moment? It it predates the moment, but it just gave me the push that I needed and really the passion. It fueled me for, I mean, really until today about education, because there's so much in the workplace that we don't know, or we don't understand, or we don't have time to invest in. And so that's really my secret superpower is helping introduce new ideas, just resources to the HR and leadership community. So what is it, what is it specifically maybe that gets you excited about that? Obviously it sounds like you're a big proponent of lifelong learning that applies not just to our personal lives, but to our business and professional lives as well. So is it that that excites you about employee engagement or I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is it? (laughs) 
there's just a lot of people doing it wrong. And there's no roadmap that says these are all the things that you have to do to be able to keep your employees engaged or create a a great culture. But most managers and leaders were doing it wrong pre-pandemic. So they didn't care about their people. They were maybe giving them a ping pong table and a PS2 in the break room. But now that we're many of us are working remotely or we are making life changes and decisions. I call it the great realignment, not the great resignation. Mm-hmm. Managers and leaders are now trying to do hybrid engagement and they weren't great at engagement to begin with or remote engagement. So it is exposing a lot of things that we already knew were there, but we were able to kind of cover it up or just get by. Right. Put a bandaid on it. This doesn't really have to see the full light of day. And then, uh, you know, March of 2020 rolls around and gives us all a, a swift kick in the pants. So what you, you, you touched on this a little bit, um, and certainly it's probably changed over the last 18 to 24 months, but what sort of impact can employee engagement, HR, you know, culture building, what sort of impact can that have on even a very large organization? It is directly related to the bottom line of the business. Companies that you see that are more mature in their employee life cycle or their business life cycle, they have been investing or startups with very high, fast, hyper growth, they are investing in their people. So it can transform your business Unfortunately, it's hard to understand or track the numbers. Most people just want to say it's turnover related. No, if we can really look at some key points along that employee engagement, that culture building journey that can say like, this was a contributing factor to the bottom line or the sales transformation that we had. It's it's kind of a fuzzy area, employee engagement, which is why it's such a challenge. There isn't an employee engagement metric yeah. other than I would say sales. But it's hard for leaders to be able to say, oh, these are the three things that were culture related that impacted my bottom line and maybe my business growth. Yeah. So it sounds like it's sort of really paying attention to those key moments in the employee life cycle, how you can extend it. It, It's not entirely about turnover, but you're right to some degree that that's a part of it as well. And it's interesting that you mentioned like sales metrics being maybe one of the only ways to really pinpoint success or map out a strategy. And and is that because you mentioned to tie it back to the bottom line, is that because employees who are happier, more engaged, are more productive, more, how do those things all tie together? Uh, Yes, all of those things. I, I think we have to look at ourselves a little bit and think, when are we our best at work? Because as leaders, as HR leaders, managers, employee engagement experts, whoever, when we are our best, when we're most engaged, what are these key factors, okay, for ourselves? And then you talk to your team, you talk to your individual employees and say, what are the things that motivate you? Hopefully you have a relationship with them where they're going to be able to tell you the real truth. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of employees are a lot of leaders base and managed by fear. So they don't really get the whole story or employees don't believe that when they fill out that employee engagement survey, that anything's going to change or they're worried that somebody's going to be able to figure out what their responses were. So they don't really tell 
the whole honest truth. So if you think about yourself and maybe have some self-reflection first, write down when you've been at your best Mm -hmm. at work, how did you feel? What factors led you that? Was it because you had a conversation with your CEO or your boss and they gave you some autonomy or maybe you went through some additional training? What did that look like, sound like, the actions that led to that? And then go out and talk to your individual contributors and team members to see if those things track for Absolutely. them to. That, that makes sense. So let me ask you this. If we're going to jump a little bit into sort of the tactical when it comes to employee engagement, is it that simple? Is it, is it having a conversation or is, is, it, is there more to it when it comes to the hows? of employee engagement. How do you do it? Are there processes that you, again, I won't put words in your mouth, but how do you do that? How do you engage and then make it meaningful and not just like, okay, we had a conversation. Now you're not going to hear from me again for the next six to nine months. It's it's a balance between yeah. some impersonal or like one-on-one re- conversations or relationships. You're going to have to talk to individual contributors. Now I'm just going to talk from the manager for a minute, right? And then you have to figure out how to scale that because as you start growing in your business or you're leading more teams, like how do you you manage all these different activities? Because in your mind, they aren't sales direct activities or productivity activities, but the more happier or engaged or valued people feel, the better worker they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the more willing they're willing to be flexible or moldable or to be honest with you. So I do believe it starts with the first conversation with your person one-on-one and saying like, Hey, I just want to meet with you to see how you're feeling, what you're doing. A lot of times, depending upon your behaviors in the past, because if you're a micromanager or you're just a jerk, <laughs> they, there isn't a lot of like, it's kind of like, what is happening here? That employee yeah, you haven't, you haven't cultivated any goodwill, you know? So correct. Yeah. So you want to have these conversations. And as a manager, I would encourage you to have these at first monthly, and then maybe you can go to every other month uh, with every individual team member. Now, this is on top of regular team meetings where you're communicating like the three priorities and you're allowing team members to open up and tell you what they need and then acting on those if needed, and then giving that individual and or the team feedback, communicating them about what changes were made. Did this person get the help or support that they needed? So your actions are really critical here to building that trust and creating that in culture where people are engaged. For example, I just got a message today that one of my people, he's coming up on his year anniversary, he has been so thankful and grateful during the pandemic that he's been able to have a regular job. He bought himself a car. He sent me a picture of his car and he said, thank you. And these are the, these are the ways like doing these steps are the ways to get people engaged and excited and wanting to come to work. So many people don't feel appreciated right now. We lost 4.3 million people in August of this year. They left, they resigned from their jobs. They are saying to you, if you have a lot of high turnover happening, it's not just because of the recession. Yeah. It's because they have decided that this job doesn't fill them up in the same way that there are other ways. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm calling it the great realignment because they are realigning and they are submitting their resignation because this job, this environment, this culture isn't an alignment of who they want to be or the kind of workplace they want to have. Are, are there through lines or maybe like common data points in, in why 
they are realizing there's not alignment you know is it is it uh, I don't know I'm, I'm making it up a lot of women resigning and it's because they realize that they are they like the flexible idea of working from home sometimes and their 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 employers are not willing to be flexible or can't be as fully flexible as they were like is there is there a through line well, women are being impacted in the workplace right now dramatically because they have the responsibilities primarily of being the caretaker for kids mm-hmm. and, and the household. So the realignment when they're, they're leaving is because maybe their, their kids uh, are, are working are remotely, or yeah. maybe the partner had to take a new job and, and travel farther. So they are taking the responsibility. And if you don't have that flexibility, to be able to work maybe different hours, commute differently or work from home, and your partner maybe has better opportunities or more compensation, you are going to say, hey, this this isn't for me. So if your culture is one that embraces flexibility, it maybe does allow some people some autonomy to be able to work their own schedules, even if you can't have everybody work from home, you're not going to see as high a turnover unless the manager on that team is a jerk, right? Because most people leave not because of the organization. It's because of their boss, their direct manager that they report to. So if that person is making their lives miserable, they're walking away. It doesn't matter how great of a compensation package we have, how good employee benefits we offer, or if, if we are working remotely, if your boss, if that boss is a micromanaging jerk that, that just doesn't care um, to focus on their own personal development and growth in this environment, people are going to be walking out the door. Yeah. Let me ask you one more follow-up before, before we dive into what doesn't work. When, when there is, and you're right, that is such a through line and, and I've seen it in my own life, even prior to the pandemic, you know, if you're working for somebody, it's not the organization, it's your, it's who you're, to whom you're directly reporting. If as a business owner or leader, you see uh, a higher than average number of people leaving under one particular person, how do you go about fixing that? How do you rectify the problem? Because sometimes, and I've been in this place before as well, it's really hard to say, you know what, I made a bad hire here and this manager or this boss is negatively affecting my, my business and my employees. It's sometimes hard to point the crooked finger. So how do you go about fixing something like that? What is the right way? I do like to take a look at turnover by team. So they, and, and look at that manager, if you can't hold them accountable to the turnover, which maybe it means restructuring compensation or bonuses to say like, here is, we're going to offer a different bonus structure. It's not necessarily all sales. Maybe it's 70% sales, 30% retention, Mm -hmm. and they might get an increase in pay, um, or an opportunity to bonus. They're going to be more motivated monetarily to maybe change some of those behaviors. Now, you also need to provide them with the tools and resources to want to change those behaviors beyond compensation, which is training. You need to give them stats and numbers. You need to lead by example. So as let's say an HR person or an executive, you need to be doing these things too. You need to be meeting with them quarterly and showing them what a good manager leader looks like. Mm -hmm because they do have the most direct influence. A lot of times they are uh, doing this because they're modeling behaviors by somebody else 
that maybe a past manager or a different way that they've learned. So you have to offer them a different way, but we have to provide them with the resources that are able to do that. I'd take a look at turnover numbers first, sit down with the managers individually, let them know what their numbers are, and then let them know what your expectation is, and maybe consider um, having them do something where maybe they're doing their own 360 evaluation, you bring in managers um, and rapport so they can sort of understand how they're being perceived. Because oftentimes we have these blinders on, we have a certain way of doing, coping, working. We don't know or understand how we're being perceived or that if something that we're saying is maybe abusive or um, abrasive or something like that. So it's giving them an opportunity to have some self-awareness and reflection and then allow them to say, okay, how can I fix this? What are some activities that I can do? And then if they don't make changes to their style or seek out developmental opportunities to correct this behavior or learn from it, then that's when you're like, hey, this is not working for me. I'm going to put you on a performance improvement plan 90 days. I've, I've done all the work. I've tried. It's yeah. still not changing. Um, here's what your options look like. You, you are the ultimate decision maker as the manager um, or as the individual contributor of your team to say like, hey, if I don't change this behavior, I understand what the ramifications are going to be. Yeah, giving them a little power. Okay, so you spoke about what does work and how to do it, things, red flags to look out for. What are some of the things that, that don't work well in employee engagement and the mistakes leaders and businesses are making when it comes to employee engagement? I, I think a lot of leaders and businesses are really pressed for time. They are, they are working a lot. They're trying to save their business, grow their business, keep the lights on, make payroll. But we do need to invest in things. And because we are such a 24-7 world now, the old way, the old way, when I first started in HR, we did our annual employment survey evaluation. We sent mm -hmm. that out and then we, you know, had people fill that out. And then we responded over the course of the year to these messages and changes. That's not working. We mm -hmm. work too fast. Things are flexing too much. If we use old sales numbers from 2020 to help predict what is happening right now in the market, that's the same thing that there we're doing with these surveys. So things like pulse surveys in a, um, that are real time engagement, where you're asking key questions, you are really thinking about not just what your employees are saying, but what the, where the market is trending. If you can pull benchmark data or look at sources from others to see, okay, here's uh, what's happening. I also do like uh, if you're using like tools like Slack or some of these internal yeah. messaging platforms, you can really get a pulse of the sentiment very easily in addition to your pulse surveys to understand where how, how people are really feeling just by the words that they yeah. type in a chat box. That's really smart. It's, you've got to do some research and a little bit of digging sometimes. What initiatives are you working on now? Any projects or initiatives that you are excited about coming up? So a lot of my focus is on resources for workplace leaders and, and HR leaders. I have been really fascinated and just really interested in the structure of an HR team and what's really important to that head of HR, whether it's the chief mm -hmm. people officer, the chief human resources officer, or VP of HR or whatever. Um, we are launching a benchmark survey uh, early uh, next year that is really going to hopefully dive into by company size, maybe by industry, what things are really important to HR, and then what 
does your structure of your HR team look like? Because there are some um, circles of excellence, some centers of excellence that we can really look to, to as we build out what our HR teams look like and our, and our leaders, leaders um, and the organizational structure looks like in this post-COVID world. So that's what I'm excited about is the support that we can provide HR leaders and work leaders beyond just employee engagement, but how do we structure our businesses to make it so people want to come to work? And so communication flows easily. Change happens quickly if a market shifts or we need to pivot and make a a change. That's great. Final question. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe two more questions, but, but the first one for sure is, are there any trends that you see or that you predict are coming in employee engagement, whether it's, I mean, maybe it's opportunities for improvement, but, but what do you see coming? I think there will be a lot more. So we're getting a lot of resistance from people that don't want to go back to the office in the same way. And it's like not all the time. It doesn't mean I don't want to go to the office a couple of days a week. Right. right? It opens up an opportunity for us to staff our teams differently. So now we can hire uh, a a virtual team or a team that that works in Poland and Mm -hmm. works on a different time zone. So I see more companies going to an asynchronous, asynchronous training, learning, communication, and work structure, which means mm-hmm. we're all working at different times. But so that means we're going to have to go more agile or more project management based because it's not just, hey, we're all going to meet together at the beginning of the day because my beginning of the day is different than your beginning of the day. So how do I understand what the priorities are? So how do we train and uh, work in a culture and engage and just get work done Mm -hmm. in this way where we're not working all together in physical offices or even in the same time zone? So staffing for these is a new thing. But now as managers, leaders, how do we, how do we support employees and, and help hold them accountable in this new world? That is a trend that I'm really going to see once everybody starts to go back to work here. I feel like the beginning of the year is when a lot of uh, offices are going to be saying we're going back here, at least in the U.S. Um, six months, 12 months down the road, this is going to be a huge uh, challenge for us because we're going to have the resistance. People are going to quit. We have to refill those roles because those people don't didn't want to go back to work. But how do we all work together now, now that we're all in different places? Very good. What do you think is, um, or is there anything I should say that you think is important for people to know that I haven't asked you or things you'd like to touch on that, that we haven't had a chance to discuss? Employee engagement is so critical for managers. So if you aren't investing in manager training, your current managers, and then also new managers coming in, uh, whether they're being promoted internally or they're coming in from outside of the organization, we need to really set them up for success. Because again, just because of what they said in the interview or how they performed in a personality assessment doesn't really tell us what kind of leader they are. Uh, Those things can be gamed. We can coach our way into a a job through the current interview and selection process. So set and Invest the time. You've spent a lot of money, a lot, a lot of your time to be able to bring these new managers in, help give them a foundation so they can use this time in the great realignment to think about what kind of manager they truly want to be. Because they might be completely unaware there's a different way. It is a, a cost and an, it's an expense, it's an investment that we need to be making, uh, but it's going to pay off 
in six months, 12 months, 24 months, or maybe even five or six years down the road for these leaders. If we develop them first on the front end, they're going to perform um, moving forward and, and hopefully continue to grow with us in the organization. So if we do it this way, retention rates are going to be higher, less turnover, better business performance. It's just hard to to put that all together. Yeah, well, and it's a long-term strategy, right? It's a, it's a, it's a long game. It's not something where you necessarily implement a, a change and you see an immediate ROI. So that's that can be challenging too. <laughs> Absolutely, but if you aren't doing it, the same patterns of behavior and and the things that it's just a hamster wheel. You're in the hamster wheel, so you're going to have to use this time to mix it up try something new. We have already overcome so much. We have survived a freaking pandemic, pandemic. Our families are here. Our team is here. Our business is still standing. We can, we can do anything that we put our minds to. We just have to think about a big picture and continue to make some personal and professional changes in our business to support where we want it to be in two years, five years, 10 years and on. 100%. You are amazing, Jessica. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. It was great to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Run Better podcast from Snackable Inspirations, where we talk to business leaders about employee engagement, experience, and motivation. For show notes and bonus content, visit snackableinspirations.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you would subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to engage employees. Thanks, and see you soon.